Hi, hiya, howdy, salutations, and welcome to the Harlots of History podcast. This is the show for the curious listener, the raunchy feminist, the sex-positive comic, co-hosted by us, your resident amateur historians who love a side of sexy with their history. Listen as we chat and lecture each other on infamous mistresses, lovers, sex workers, courtesans, madams, vamps, sirens, scam artists, and of course, harlots. I'm Emily. And I'm Karamia. So go grab your salty snacks and a fizzy drink of your choice. Sit back and be entertained. We fully endorse this show to assist you, listener, as a procrastinator. This show also contains alcohol, some colorful language, and sexual content, and is not appropriate for those under 18. Sorry, not sorry to our children and pets. Okay, welcome to... (laughs) They look just jiggling her boobs, everyone, right before we started. <laughs> They're really big right now. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Harlots of History. I'm Emily, and I can't wear bras anymore because my cat peed on all my bras. What? Yes. I mean, I wasn't wearing bras anyway because I was... Sammy just really wants you to be a bra-burning feminist. No, it was Salem. Oh my I, gosh, Salem. I would I have told never you. pegged him for that. What I know. Fun. I think it, it's because he keeps getting trapped in the closets. Like he keeps, he runs into the closet as soon as we open the room, like the office room. And then we close the door so he doesn't get in there, but he's already in there. So then he st- gets stuck in there all night and then pees on all my bras and underwear. He's the original bra burner. <laughs> <laughs> bra here. So yeah, that's, that's Emily. And she currently owns no bras and she has a lot of cute animals. I own bras. They just all smell like cat pee. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? I'm Kara Mia, and I am a stay-at-home mom who really, truly loves her kids, but is currently having a kid-free day and is really reconsidering why I even had children. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why you have me, your best friend, to sit in a closet and drink box wine with, without, with no bras. Right? I'm not wearing one either. <laughs> I mean, I haven't worn a bra since March. Like, oh yeah. So Emily started a hashtag, everyone, and it's called "wear don't wear or wear a mask, not a bra." <laughs> Dude, I get that mixed up all the time. Yeah, wear a and, mask, not a bra. <laughs> yeah, carry me a hashtag one time. Wear a bra, not a mask. <laughs> Which is like that's like the Karen hashtag, right? I feel like that's like what Ken, Kelly Ann Conway believes in. Wear a mask. Wear a bra, not a mask. <sighs> no, 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 no. Be free. Let your tatas fly. The only thing I'll say about not wearing a bra, especially like out in public, which I've done because I have a lot of outfits that I really feel okay doing that in, be prepared for under boob sweat. I've been prepared for under boob sweat my entire life. I have like silk slip dresses that I love to wear. And if I don't wear a bra with them, which I have not done on occasion, I'm always like, embarrassed and surprised so i really want solutions for that (laughs) my concern is when i wear i don't wear a bra grocery shopping which is like every time i have to go out in public and then i have to go in the freezer aisle or like (laughs) like the cold aisle and there's always some like creepy emily emily wants a friends moment she wants a real rachel from friends moment i have been pulling the rachel since march i literally don't think i've worn a bra since quarantine started (laughs) oh my gosh Emily, we, like, we need to, like, get you just bralettes. I have bralettes. Okay. I don't that, wear them because they're all covered in cat pee. 
Well, okay, everyone, as you may have heard Emily announce, this is Harlots of History. And I really quickly, before Emily gets into her topic today, I just wanted to say, so Harlots of History doesn't necessarily always just mean a woman or a man or someone that identifies as non-binary. They may be like what we may call promiscuous. They may have adulterous relationships. That's not all we discuss in this podcast. We are discussing various themes that usually all tie into feminism. And we'll be exploring a lot of different topics. Like we have explored sex working. We've explored promiscuous women. We've explored mistresses, werewolves. See, Emily's constantly surprising me. So I also want to say, you know, just keep a broad mind when defining the word harlot. But also Emily and I really want to stress, this is not a true crime podcast. Emily and I really don't want to even get into the true crime territory. We may get into some historical aspects that may involve crime, but we really think that the true crime world needs to be more advocating for victims and needs to be told from the victim's point of view. So we're really all about, you know, the stories of these people, not true crime. Yeah. So if we do get into some crimey episodes, because at this point, at at this episode, the Jack the Ripper episode will have already come out. Mm -hmm. And that one was like probably our most true crimey, but it wasn't meant to be true crimey. It was meant to focus on the victims and focus on like, which, which you did wonderfully. You know, it was, it was, and I haven't really heard that much about the victims before. And you really gave me like a really good idea of who they are. And that's why like Emily and I, I told Emily, start listening to it, but that's why Emily and I love the podcast. I survived. So if you are getting, you really want like a true crime podcast type of binge, really like go to a podcast. Like I survived, which tells it from the woman that it's happening to. She tells it from her point of view. I always hear episodes of My Favorite Murder where they talk about those. Like, I I don't listen to it all the time, but when I do, I always hear the craziest survival stories where it's like, oh, my God. There was a Uh woman. Did you hear about this? She had her both her arms cut off, and then she, like, got thrown over a cliff and managed to climb up. It was on I I Survived. Managed to climb up the cliff, get herself to a hospital, and then testified against the guy and put him in jail. Yeah. Just a complete badass. And I just think that that aspect of true crime is what really needs to be exemplified rather than, like, like, just, like, I mean, I've had it—I myself— know way too much about serial killers and I want to hear something different. So that's why I did this. <laughs> know so much about serial killers that I was writing a paper, not paper, but I had to write a discussion in psychology about nature versus nurture about myself. And I somehow managed to bring serial killers into it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah. So serial killers, I think a lot of it comes from nurture. And I was like, I mean, this is about me, not serial killers. <laughs> I mean, and as a mother, when you start listening to too much about psychology of serial killers and just serial killers in general, you really start eyeing your kids in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I remember when you watched, um, what's that show? And you were really, you were like, re-examining how you parented your children which you've always parented your children very well but you were like um, oh god am i raising murderers well it's like it's like so my two-year-old son um he's potty trained as long as it's not during the night or the, his naps and i'm still not um, potty trained at night <laughs> <laughs> that's like one of the three things of serial killers right but that's what i'm like i'm like oh no he's like bedwetting <laughs> that dude is a- i bedwet I'm not going to say how long, but it was into the double digits, and, and I've never set a fire, and I've never hurt an animal in my life. 
see, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, we, we, but, but we digress. What are we talking about today? Emily's kept it a secret from me. So I'm very excited. Are you excited? I okay. am. Lycanthropy. What is what? <laughs> okay. Any thropies, you just like lose me. What, what, what is, do you want me to guess what it is? Yes. That's what it is. I literally have written in my notes. What the hell is lycanthropy? And I really hope I'm saying that right. If I'm not, I didn't actually look it up because I like saying <laughs> lycanthropy. Wait, should, should I guess? Like anthropy. Like anthropy? I don't know. Yes, guess. I'm going to give you, should I give you a hint? Does it have something to do with, is it like lichen, like moss? <laughs> I don't know. It is like lichen, but not moss. Okay. Lichen in the underworld, in underworld. Have you seen underworld? <gasps> no, I haven't. I had neither. And Matt the other day was like, I was telling him about it. He's like, wait, lichens? As an underworld, we have to watch it. And then we only got halfway through because we're, you know, 30 and basically going on 90 and we can't ever watch a movie past 8 p.m. because we fall asleep. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to watch that right after this. Okay. Tell me. I'm so excited. Werewolves. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I know. So, Karamia. Oh, this is our sixth sixth installment. Our last no, installment. I believe. our fifth. I'm doing our sixth next week. No, you're doing our fifth, and I'm doing our sixth. We just oh, cool. Okay, yeah. Order. So this is our Because I have the, the two-parter. Yeah, oh, I have the two-parter. Right. Yeah, we record all our episodes out of order. So if you ever hear us being like, I don't know what episode this is, because we really don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So this is our sixth installment of Spooky Harley. <laughs> that was your best one. I love it. I know. It's the last one. And it's also, it's 700 degrees outside. It doesn't feel spooky. And- in Colorado, where Emily is, while I over here in Metro Seattle, I am feeling just fine. Yeah, you're fine. It's 100 degrees, and the air quality today was at like 120, which means that we can't leave our house. I wish I could rescue you. I know. Last night when we were talking, I'm also like struggling today because we talked till like 1 a.m., and then I had to get up at 6 for schoolwork, but I didn't actually get up at 6 for school. Oh, I yeah, even go everyone. To my- Emily started school the other day. Yesterday, yeah, yeah. Um, so if you hear me crying during future episodes, <laughs> or just like spouting out random anatomy terms, or if I start bringing like skeleton little skeletons into my closet, <laughs> oh, that'd be so cute. I know. I I taught my talked to my friend Julia, who's a nurse, the other day, and I was like, "How the hell did you pass anatomy?" And she was like, "Dude, I don't know." But she was like, "My friend just took it, and she bought an actual skeleton." Yeah. I know. Well, not like real yeah. bones, because I think that's yeah, right. okay. like a replica. Okay. Lycanthropy. Okay. <laughs> like anthropy. Okay. So, Garamia and we, I had a topic, and I didn't find enough information on it. So, it's going to be on our Patreon. It's going to be a Patreon episode. It's really interesting if I can get enough information on it. But we decided that topics that we want to do, but maybe they don't have like a full hour, we're going to we're gonna throw on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. So once we set that up, if you want juicy content, it's going to be like extra juicy too. On that, uh, definitely, because like sometimes those like extra juicy stories aren't ones that they're, they're like something you can tell in 20 minutes, not an yeah. hour. And maybe like extra tipsy because a lot of the times we talk at like 10 p.m. after the kids, the pets, and the like partners. Partners. <laughs> I was just like, man, have gotten out of our way. Yeah, we kicked him out. Okay, so lycanthropy is turning into a wolf by magic. And I came across this subject because I was like, I don't have enough 
information on this topic. Karami had been picking out all our spooky episodes. So she was like, you should go into look into like there's witch trials, but the witch trials in different parts of the world. Cause we know, we all know Salem and we we've, we've talked about the Great Britain and France. Yeah. yeah. So, but there's, they're all over the world. So I started looking, Wikipedia has a list of like anyone who's been executed for witchcraft. And when I was looking on that, I started seeing names that were executed for lycanthropy. And I was like, what's that? So I clicked on it and was like, werewolfery. And then I discovered what that there was actually werewolf trials in the Middle Ages. What? I have I know. no idea. Okay, I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. So the origin, werewolf or werewolf, like with a U, comes from <laughs> old. English. So where means man and wolf. <laughs> wolf means wolf. <laughs> so shocking. So lycanthrope is Greek for wolf person. Leukos means wolf and anthropos means man. So basically like wolf man. So that term's kind of been around a long time. It's a form of therianthropy. So which is just a Greek for humans turning into other animals. So there's a bunch of, like, there's actually terms for different, turning into different animals other than just werewolves. So synanthropy is turning into a dog. And my personal favorite, ileranthropy is turning into a cat. And then I have to ask you, what would you turn into if you could? Besides, like, a unicorn. So I think I would turn into a unicorn. Honestly, like, I'm, like, super into big mountain cat or just big cats. Like, I think I, like, really resonate with, like, a cougar or... <laughs> Would you? Would you eat, Sorry, um, I just like laughing because like I've always wanted to be a cougar when I'm older, but of course I'm married. So, <laughs> but like I think I res- really resonate with like mountain lions or like jaguars or panthers a lot. Tigers. Like no, you could, no. You could be the tiger that eats Carol Baskin's next husband. I just eat Carol Baskin, but no, I really, I really like, I like mysterious like animals that are really seclusive. You don't want to eat Carol Baskin. I don't think she would taste good at all. Fine, we just like. Eat her he would and eat her out. out. Eat, <laughs> eat the Tiger King. What's his face? Are you kidding name. me? We'd get like, our, our blood get, would be contaminated then. Like bleach and cigarettes. Not just all the drugs he's taken. But yeah, no, I think I think, I think think my answer would be Mountain Lion. Mountain Lion. I like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. What would you come back as? Or uh, what would you like? What would you turn into by the light of the moon? What's the animal? It's. Starts with an L. It's like a big cat, but they live in Colorado in the mountains. A lynx? Yes, a lynx. They're really Oh, fun. you are very lynxy. I love it. I am I think so. I think I'm very lynxy. You are a mountain lion. You're like <laughs> a mama mountain lion. I've been really obsessed with them lately. Like very obsessed because I've been hiking a lot. So I've been like reading up on them a ton. If you come across one and how to not come across one and how yeah, to like don't push them. your slower friend down. <laughs> the the like National Park Service just released a thing that was like if you come across a bear, the National Park Service says don't push your slower friend in front of it and run away. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Or or my husband who I can outrun. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> three three happy years of marriage until you run into a mountain lion. Or a bear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So the werewolf scare, I guess, started coming about in the Middle Ages with Christianization. But it's traced to Proto-Indo-European mythology. So I actually didn't know what that was. You might have heard of it. But it was these, the Proto-Indo-Europeans were a hypothetical prehistoric group. 
And scholars have basically like replicated their myths and religions and kind of like pieced together what they think they would have believed. And I don't, I'm not really sure. Like it was, I, I could have gone into it more, but I didn't. That's like a whole nother, that could be a whole podcast on its own. Yeah. In certain areas, lycanthropy hasn't always been seen as bad. It actually mm-hmm. kind of came across at, with Christianization. So like the Christians thought of it as, you know, pagan and like other and not religious, but in certain Culture, cultures, thank or, you. Yeah, <laughs> certain cultures. Lycanthropy was actually part of like an initiation into a warrior class, and the warriors would, you know, have rings. Like they had myths where the warriors had rings where they could turn into wolves and stuff, and use mm-hmm. the wolves' powers to be a better warrior. So I, I feel like, I mean, this could be completely wrong, but I also feel like, you know, if you read or you. See see pictures of especially like you were saying like warriors or how different clans or different cultures really identified with a certain animal they really embodied that animal you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like like I said I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones finally but it's like you know just when you see like the different crests of the different houses and the different you know don't come crying to me when you reach the eighth season. Okay, I'm not there yet. But anyways, I, I just okay. feel like people like have embodied, people would embody those characteristics of the animals of their house or the animal that they like, you know, they really identified with. And Super I feel like I feel like it's a sense of power, more or less. I feel what? I find it really cool. What season are you? Because I actually have a Game of Thrones Seven. reference in here. Okay, okay, good, good, good. Because I was like, oh my god, I have this reference in here, and I was like, I think she's gotten to this part, but it's been a really long time. The seventh was actually my favorite. The sixth and seventh were my favorite seasons. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Good. I just I need to make sure you got because it was like a really. But I was like, I think this happened in the third season. But also, like, it's been a long time since I read the books and mm-hmm. watched the show. Okay. So, in the eleventh century, the corrector was written written by. Burchard of Worms. I wouldn't want to be anything of worms. Oh, really? A lot of great things have come out of worms. Really? Yeah, like a lot of great literature and a lot of beautiful art. Oh, okay. Well, I think that that. You know, nothing. I'm I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a swill person. Okay. Um, So, you know, he wrote this book called The Corrector, and the punishment for lycanthropy was 10 days on bread and water. Which isn't really, like, it doesn't seem that bad compared to what happens later, you know, Mm -hmm. because werewolves were being executed in the same way that witches were. So, you know, 10 days on bread and water compared to, like, being burned alive at the stake, I would take the 10 days on bread and water. Yeah, yeah. But I've always wondered, like, do you get butter with the bread? Because I feel like... Uh, No, no, no. And I'm sure it was, like, days-old bread, Emily. Like, do you really want crusty days-old bread? And don't say soak it in the water. That sounds (laughs) so gross. Because then you would have, like, bread-crummy water. You know what, though? I had to drink my breadcrumbs one time when I was 12. And I'm still traumatized. I went on this, like, girls' adventure camp. And they made us drink our crumbs. Like, it's shaped who I am as a human today. What? (laughs) Unpack that, please. um, We went backpacking. And, like, into backwoods, Colorado and real deep into the backpacking woods. And you basically had to get get rid of everything, any crumbs or anything. So bears and mountain lions didn't come. There was no bear boxes or anything. So, I mean, I, I get it because if you're really serious about that and you're like, you are in the backwoods, there's a ton of animals out there, especially out in Colorado. So it's like you had to drink the crumbs so that you didn't put the crumbs on the ground and then the bears come and eat you. And so it seems a bit extreme. It was extreme and it traumatized my middle school self who was already traumatized being... With middle a group schooler. of middle school girls, and we had to bury our poop. Is it? Is it? 
Oh my god! And like, I mean, being with a group of middle school girls still it's sounds so like my to this day as a twenty nine year old still sounds like my nightmare. <laughs> They're so mean, and they they left this bag called the schmoo kit in the middle of the camp. And so, in the middle of the camp, if you had to poop, and remember how scary pooping was when you were like twelve, it was like like you didn't want anyone to know that poop came out of you, and so you had to go get this bag. And everyone knew you were going to poop, and then you had to bury your poop. It was really... Let's, Thanks, let's, Mom and Dad. I've been traumatized my whole life. Let's normalize pooping. Okay. That's, I love pooping. Okay. Bread and water. <laughs> Bread and water and pooping. Germanic paganism influenced North and Western Europe, but not Eastern Europe. And men turning into wolves is associated with pagan culture. And really quickly, I just looked into paganism a little bit, because I obviously have heard the word a lot, but I actually mm-hmm. didn't really know the meaning. So it was actually first used for polytheistic people in Roman Empire, and it comes from Latin for rural or rustic and later meant civilian. So the pagans were also synonymous at that time with heathens and Gentiles. So basically it was just anyone that wasn't Christian. And yeah. I figured you probably knew this, but I didn't know it. So, And I mean, like coming from Scandinavian stock, <laughs> um, like a lot of Scandinavia still, I mean, at least through my experience growing up, they still very much relate a lot to their pre-Christianity times. Like they mm-hmm. still celebrate a lot of pagan things that we would see as pagan. But that I, I actually found like really, really cool. Like they still celebrate the solstice in a way that we don't. Like a lot of my Finnish relations I think that's do. really cool. I really, yeah. And I, I know pagan from what reading the law. Well, you read them too, right? The Alana books mm-hmm. that you Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it yeah. bond over oh that? Gosh. Yes. We bond over that because I had all the Alana books and I had to get rid of them when we moved out of our house. But yes, I was obsessed Sorry, I'm, with those. I'm geeking out because I haven't like read those in so long. But, I, yeah. And I mean, like, they honestly. They were pagans and I knew that they were like polytheistic. And I just, I didn't, I thought pagan, I didn't realize it was like a grant, like a big term for just anyone who's polytheistic. And I, I also think that, and I may be wrong in this, but like the term pagan may have come from like Roman times, but mm-hmm. paganism or what we see as paganism, which is a really broad term, was pretty much what could be used to describe everything in Europe that was happening at the times before the Romans came. Christianity, yeah. And um, with Christianity, yeah. So, I mean, like so, the Druids and everything. Yeah, no, totally. Mm-hmm. And it was, so the ritual sacrifice was like part of the Greco-Roman religions and it was actually an indicator of paganism. So if like, if ritual sacrifice was involved in the religion, it was an indication that it wasn't Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually, it was originally a pejorative or derogatory term for polytheism. And it's kind of like evolved now, but actually it was originally associated with like inferiority and it was commonly referred to peasant religions, which I yeah. feel like a lot in this research that like you've been looking at, I've been looking at. It's kind of like it's it's yeah. really it's really othering, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like oh, it's, super it's, othering. It's, it came up in La Voisin. It came up in yeah, yeah. It does, and mm-hmm. yeah. So in the Middle Ages, it kind of applied to any other religion. So mm-hmm. like you just said, othering um, or belief in a quote unquote false god. Belief in werewolves became common in medieval Europe. So men were kind of associated with turning into wolves and women were associated with turning into cats and snakes. And I think I would, I would turn into a cat. I would want to be a cat. My face is like scrunching up at snakes though. I know, but I think, I don't know if that, I think it's probably association with, um, with like Eve. Adam and Eve and, yeah. um, and what's your yeah, face, Lilith? But, which, okay. One, 
I adore Lilith. I adore her. Every representation of her from oh, I love like, her too. You know, the Jewish texts of her. I really like even in Fraser. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I know I love her too. But I really have a big problem with Eve, like the representation of Eve in the Bible. Like oh. I really do. Oh yeah, I do too. I love Lilith. But that's the thing is that like Lilith was seen as this person that like she had her own autonomy. She was own, her own. She was like a feminist, and that wasn't cool. You couldn't have. You couldn't go do your own thing. You couldn't eat apples. Like, but also, I also think. I mean, I grew up in a very conservative religion, and I think it begs to say I was not taught once about Lilith. I didn't know who Lilith was until I started doing like my own research as like a teenager. I remember my mom telling me about it when I was like actually probably around the same age you were because she was reading a book about how Lilith was actually Adam's like first wife and mm-hmm. she was actually like a really feminist figure and trying to get Eden or Eden <laughs> uh Eve it's <laughs> my brother's name <laughs> get Eve out I also really like her representation in Sabrina mm-hmm. Germanic werewolves were associated with witchcraft panic and Slovak werewolves are actually associated associated with vampirism so that's mm-hmm. actually what I want to do my there were like vampire trials in New England in like the 1800s. And there was one, so that's what I wanted to do my Patreon episode on. Cool. One woman who specifically, and I was going to like add it in here and I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll make it a whole nother thing. That's so cool. There's not enough about vampires. Oh, I know. But I was actually thinking like vampires and werewolves are so associated. Like where did that come from? Right. Um, No, totally. I know. And I, of course, am obsessed with vampires and werewolves, but not the twilight kind because they're stupid. I know. So in Africa, I, so, hold on. I'm refilling my wine. I don't want the sound to be loud. <laughs> we both brought our boxes of wine in the closet. This is the first time we're not doing two episodes in a row. So we're, you know, we're, we're getting not loose. <laughs> we are getting loose. Yeah, I, I decided I, I wasn't going to do any homework tonight. I didn't do any homework today either because I was so tired from staying up till 1 a.m. with you. Drinking wine and I'm, eating popcorn. I'm tisking her. I'm tisking her. Okay. You were there too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So North Africa. Okay. Sorry. All right. This is going to be a real, I'm really glad I only have six pages instead of 11 pages of notes because <laughs> this is going to be a really long episode. Okay. So werewolves has kind of been associated with like places where there were wolves because, and you can see that. So like in Africa, it was where hyenas in India huh. were tigers. South America were where pumas and where jaguars. And in parts of Asia, wear tigers and wear leopards, which That's I thought so was cool. really interesting. I know. I didn't so know that. Yeah. I know. The Greco-Roman religions, um, these associations started coming with butchered children. And I think there was one in a Greek with like a sacrifice to Zeus of like a butchered child. Extreme panic with like witchcraft immediately gets connected to like dead children. Right. And like butchering babies and yeah yeah. like really really horrible things and i think it's you know it's like the satanic panic it's like you like what's the one thing that like every parent fears if something happened to their kid and so you tap into that fear or just i mean and also it's like what's the worst thing you can possibly imagine think of yeah Mm -hmm. in in norwegian religions wolves are actually positive so they were like physically and mentally strong and then warriors that's what i was talking about earlier warriors use these stones and rings to turn into wolves then in greco-roman there was association with, with butchered children in celtic religion they were gentler and they actually suffered when they made their transformation so there was actually this idea of like the sympathetic werewolf mm-hmm. and they were you know they were more forced to transform which is i think what we actually kind of think of werewolves now as someone who's like this has been inflicted on them usually like they're not like they're not passive. responsible for their no. 
um, quote unquote and, disease almost. Well, and actually, what's interesting is that nothing at this time, even in the Middle Ages, it wasn't about like that idea that we have that werewolves get turned into werewolves by being bitten. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like someone else that wasn't there. So that didn't come about until later. And I actually don't know when did that they, came about. Did they, did they see it as hereditary then? No, it was, um, we'll get into it, but it was, okay. it was association with the devil. Mm. Yeah. So it was very, very religious. So in like Celtic traditions, there's a story about a priest who becomes friends with a werewolf and the werewolf is asking for last rites for his wife. So he's like, you know, trying to do right by her and stuff. There's a popular tale in France in 1198 about this nice werewolf man with a mean cheating wife who like hid his clothes so he couldn't go back to being human, which it's like... I mean, just get new clothes, but whatever. So it's a, there's a lot of associations to men being forced to be werewolves because they have, like, mean wives. And werewolves, actually, like, there's there's not a lot of women associations. It's mostly men that were associated. There are some. But if there are associations, associations with women, then it's, like, witches who are turning into werewolves or using wolves are some association with the devil. Pagan views were kind of snuffed out by Christianity. And communion became like dogma around 1215 so the belief that only god could change forms and connection became this like belief that people started believing a lot and so that was where the association with werewolves as bad because if you were turning into a wolf you were being turned into it by the devil and not by god Hmm. okay isn't it so weird how like you and i have found throughout like our exploration of witchcraft and like a lot of quote unquote, I guess other religions, but like, you know how, like we've been finding that even witchcraft relates really closely to Christianity. Like what we see as witchcraft, especially like starting in like the 15, 1600s, how it deals so much in consecration, which is like the host, which is like exactly yes. what you're talking about. And it's yeah. like something that I didn't see as so important. Mm-hmm. I don't no, know. I just, really find, I just, I just find it like so interesting yeah, it's basically, like, this association with, like, the devil making people do these things. But then there was no, there was not a lot of leniency for the people that were, like, supposedly being used. It was like, oh, if the devil came to you, then, like, you ha- it's your fault. Okay, so this is really interesting. The um, Mal- Malleus Maleficarum, I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's a really famous book. It's Or the Hammer of Witches. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if I like I'd heard the name, too. It was written by two witch hunters. They didn't believe that like lycanthropy was physically possible, but they believed it was an illusion by the devil. So that was a lot of people had different opinions on like if it was actually people turning into wolves or just the devil making people think they were were making people think they saw it. So the hammer of witches actually was huge because it made sorcery criminal and it I was really advocating for extermination of all witches. Can and you it, tell, can you quickly tell me where was it written and what year? Yeah, I'm gonna get into oh, it. Sorry, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually don't have the year, but it was written generally. I, yeah, um, I believe 1400s. I didn't put it on here. What year it was? Okay, I can look it up, or you can look it up if you want to look it up real quick. I might. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I forgot to put it on here. So it really influenced like the next two centuries. And I really, I think it was like around like 13, 1400s. But so it recommends torture to obtain info and then burning at the stake. And heretics were already been, being born, burned at the stake. But it was like, that was what they were like saying that witches should happen with witches. Okay, you were so right. Late 1400s. 14, okay, that's what I thought. 1400s, yeah. 
Yeah, it's around the same time as, like, the European witch hunt really was, like, 1450 to 1750. And that's around the same time that werewolves started being included in here. So this, the Hammer of Witches, is based on Helena uh, Schubern. She was an Austrian woman accused of witchcraft. And she was accused of having murdered a knight with magic. And, like, he just died because he was sick. Six other women were accused. And all witnesses... Had, like everyone who accused them had some sort of beef with them, so they actually got off. And at the time, witchcraft was like a demeanor, and it wasn't associated or a misdemeanor, and it wasn't associated with a devil. So they all had like minor sentences. It was just like getting like a traffic. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so this guy Heinrich Heinrich Kramer was super pissed about it because he was he became so obsessed with Helena Schubert and with her sexual life, and he actually got kicked out of Innsbruck because he was like uh, became obsessed with it so he kind of wrote this hammer of witches as revenge to get back and it was super influential on how witches were treated from them so this guy I'm gonna say is the sole reason that the witch hunts went on for the next 300 years and but also also what was it that hold on while I research really quick because I think this is important to bring up hold on Mm -hmm. so I also think it's really important to bring up the witchcraft acts of in the 1500s. Mm, yeah, I saw with, those. With, with I did see those. I don't know if I put these in there, but okay. So there was because there was there was the the what was it called the the hammer of the witch. Yeah, that's um, this. That's a book. No, no, no. I know there was there was an equivalent in England, or was that was the hammer of the witch funded by King Edward? I don't know, but it was, it might have, I, I did see the King Edward thing about it, but I, I think the Hammer of Witches was like circulated around England because we'll get into this in a little bit, but part of the reason that it's got so big was because the printing press was also developed at this time. Mm-hmm. So they print these really long pamphlets and like distribute it. So like information was being distributed way more fast than like it had been before. You know, they weren't having to like send messenger foxes out. They could just print out pamphlets and be like, this person's a witch. Witches are bad. The Hammer of Witches actually was like a step-by-step guide on how to hunt witches. And uh, took- yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm thinking of. Okay, yeah. sorry. Continue. Yeah. Continue. No, you're good. So yeah, it, it literally took witchcraft from like a misdemeanor to like a felony that like a death penalty felony. It so, literally gave people like a step-by-step guide, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, this guy sucks. So werewolf sightings also peaked during the European witch hunt and they really gained traction during that time. So like around 1450 to 1750, it got really big around 1580 to 1650 was mm-hmm. like the big time. And there's a like, fear of witches, demons, and devils. So werewolves kind of got lumped in with witches as supernatural and they were seen to specifically cause harm. People were also accused of riding wolves, hurting kids and animals, and turning into wolves. And a lot of the stories morphed into one. So, like, a wolf eats a man, or the man is possessed by a devil, or the wolf is possessed by the devil, or a man turns into, like, a really mean wolf. So it's kind of all got mixed together. Mm -hmm. So a werewolf was also, in some places, known as, like, a witch who could turn into a wolf because of the devil. So it was, like, if women were associated with that, it was usually witchcraft. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of dispute about how werewolves, if, like, the witches put hex on wolves versus, like, them turning into wolves, again, versus the illusion. So different people thought different things. Oh, I was like, WW, werewolf. <laughs> werewolves were known as, like, cannibals, rapists, murders, and just criminally insane. And, again, associated with, like, child-eating werewolves became big, and, like, teen wolves became a big thing. And I'm not Weird. talking about the MTV Yeah, show. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, so it became life impris- imprisonment, but then also consider how these like testimonies are being attained. And like, especially for like a teenager too. I mean, you could get anything out of me with torture, but like a teenager, the Heinrich Kramer guy who was the author of the hammer of witches, he was basically saying that like, you had to use torture to obtain this information. So that, and I, and I think we found, we've discovered through our research that if you were accused of being a witch, the only way that you could vindicate yourself is by dying. Yeah. It's like yeah. You, you're you screwed either way. There's really no true way. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And honestly, I just, I get so upset when I hear these kind of things because I'm just like, it's, it's honestly somebody who is different. Yep. Yeah. And like, literally, it. it's, yeah. And it, it yeah, it's, ugh, it's so stupid. It makes me so mad. So, yeah, the debates over whether lycanthropy was real or was just an illusion by the devil. Um, Some texts in 1500 said that turning into werewolves and witches resulted from an ungent or an ointment that came directly from the devil. So some said that the devil couldn't turn anyone into a wolf. Again, like only God could turn people into like do the transmogrification. And it was a trick. Others were like, no, 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 for sure. It's possible the devil did it. Many were seen as fully transmogrified wolves. So a lot of like we see it's like a half wolf, half human, but they were actually seeing him as like full wolves. So basically what you're thinking, yes, they saw a wolf and assumed it was like a person turning into a devil and just like arrested an innocent man. Yes, you're correct. That's what happened. What? So, yeah. And we'll get so it really became a reflection over like terror over wolves because wolves are really like the biggest predator of man at that point. Yeah, I've read about that. Yeah. Mm hmm. And they were, you know, they were attacking their livestock and that was like how they got their food and their money and like how they survived. So the wolves were attacking their livelihood and therefore yeah, attacking them. It, yeah. It people and like some wolves attacked kids too, because they're small and, you know, it became like, how do you, it's so much easier to be like, oh, the devil did this. You have to pinpoint, like if we burn this person, then it will well, stop. It's also, it's also the reason why we've created a lot of like myths and mm-hmm. even some religions is to help us explain unexplainable things or things like, that we with, don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And deal with like our own mortality. Cause like, Oh my gosh, just, totally. Yeah, yeah. Trying to deal with that for so long. So a lot, a lot of people believe that these were just illusions or like melancholy as we talked about. You know, if you had any sort of mental illness, it was described as melancholy. So that was a big factor, too. And it could be delusions, disorder of the brain. There was a lot of sensationalism at this time. So wolves were scaring babies and, like, disemboweling guys and women. And, again, it was And you like, want to know who also was doing that? The kings. Murders. Yeah. Kings of the day. <laughs> yeah. And Sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're totally right. So this was, like, as kind of a way to comprehend mass murder. Because, you know, as we know, like... The concept of serial killers is super recent in our history, like within the last 1970s. Years. Yeah. yeah. No one can comprehend it, even though, yeah, like you said, like kings have been doing it for years and like centuries. Serial- yeah. yeah. And like, look at the Inquisition. There's been serial killers in our history, throughout our whole history. Like all the people we know, like serial killers have obviously existed. So, and we but- put a crown on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the evidence in these cases Either there was evidence of murder and or cannibalism, but, like, it wasn't connected with a wolf. Or there was an evidence of a wolf and no human. So, again, just, like, blaming wolves. So, like, basically they saw a wolf and they're like, oh, must be a werewolf. 
that guy's a murderer. It's probably him. So witches were mainly women and werewolves are mostly men. So a lot of the people that were being accused at this time were men. The common theme here was that there was a pact with a devil. So he would either give them like an ointment or a belt or a wolf pelt. And they had to denounce God and Christianity. So again, with that fear of like anything that's not Christian is terrible. Or for those of you who watch Sabrina, sign your name in his book. Yeah, Sabrina is so good. I decided my next cat's going to be named Sabrina. You better. Uh, it has to be. So the there's a folk story about a, ri- a witch riding a werewolf. Also, okay. I ha- <laughs> so I wrote this wrong in my notes. I said that so there's a male witch that was accused of riding a witch. But I think it was, <laughs> I think it was, so I think it was that supposed to be a werewolf. Mm-hmm. They said that like another witch. He said another witch put a spell on him, but he was burnt anyway so it was like it doesn't matter if you were like a victim quote unquote, like you know all this stuff i think was being sensationalized but it doesn't matter if you were a victim you were still you, you would still get burnt which is so stupid werewolves really started appearing in like swiss trials so there was a man that was accused of riding a dog and a wolf and it literally this makes me so mad but it literally said in the trials like oh it couldn't hurt so they burned all three of them what I know it was like yeah it couldn't hurt like yes it can hurt don't hurt the dog oh makes me so mad so lycanthropy wasn't like really big but almost it was really associated with witchcraft so almost all books on witchcraft did mention it mm-hmm. um and what we know of modern werewolves in these texts is there weren't that we don't know anything about modern werewolves like our idea of now like I said there's no mention of werewolves turning into others or like silver bullets or anything I didn't look into it much but I honestly think that that probably came out of like Hollywood because a lot of like our common perceptions come from that many books did not have pictures Jane Davidson in Wolves Witches and Werewolves Lycanthropy and Witchcraft from 1423 to 1700 theorizes that these weren't that the pictures of werewolves didn't exist because the pictures weren't educational and there was almost too much for like these educational minds to comprehend like even mm-hmm. though there were witches flying and having sex with demons but again many thought that werewolves were just kind of illusions created by the devil so this was almost like one step too far mental illness and demons pretending to be wolves or real wolves were all common theories like it's definitely the real wolves one <laughs> yeah but, you know, a lot of people have theorized now, like, this was a med- like, it was mental illness that people didn't understand. So, and it's really, really sad that that turned into what it did. Yeah. 1459. So, this all started, like, Switzerland in, like, the, like, 1450s. It was, like, the first werewolf trial. So, Katrina Simon, she was a head of, the head of witches. She rode foxes and wolves, which sounds really cool. Um, <laughs> so, she was beheaded, and then her body and head were both separately burnt, and then her ashes were thrown in river. So, you're seeing a lot of overkill at this time of, like, it's like, why? Um, because they just, like, they really didn't want them to come back. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the burning, too, I think it was, like, it hurt a lot. It was, like, something to create fear, you know? Mm-hmm. Put your popcorn away, miss. No, I was like, you I'm can't so crunch. You can't crunch while you're you're presenting. You're I was presenting. trying really hard to like sneak that crunch in there. Okay, like put it out of arm's reach. I can't. So her, so Katrina Simon, she was the head of witches. She rode foxes and wolves, beheaded, and then her friends were accused of riding wolves and then creating avalanches. So that was another big thing in Switzerland is that many were like werewolves or witches were accused of creating hail or causing bad weather. Like they lived in the Swiss Alps. So it was this other thing of like, 
they didn't know how to explain these bad weather, so they were just like, oh, she's a wolf, she's killing people, and also she calls that hail, like, we have to kill her. Also, I like how they're not seeing this as, like, an act of God. Yeah. An act of the devil. Yeah. Yes. So two other witches were accused of turning into wolves and causing avalanche that killed them, which I'm kind of like, okay, if you had witchcraft, like, and you wanted to cause an avalanche, why wouldn't you just fly away? (laughs) You know? Because she wanted to take out every last person in the town, and she wanted to see every last one of them suffer. No, but they were, I think they were the only two that died the two women who were accused uh, of being witches, like no one else did. so that, yeah i was like why would you go into a mountain if you had all these like magical powers given to you by the devil so it's like women were accused of writing like causing bad weather it's like we really can't win you know <laughs> it's like you can't do anything right right my last period caused a typhoon so yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so it was kind of witch hysteria coupled with natural disasters and then like Once the natural natural disasters went away for a little bit, the trials calmed down. So it came from wolf attacks and fear of wolves. So they projected this fear and fear of magic into shape-shifting humans. So I kind of thought of this like how you were talking about love. I said about invisible poison. You couldn't control the weather. You couldn't control these like not, not domesticated animals. So it was like this constant fear that's all around you. Right, yeah. Yeah, like you never, like you never, and you know they didn't have weather apps. They didn't know when a hailstorm was going to come. It would just like come, and then maybe there's an avalanche, and then like your town, like right. I mean, the fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. the fear of yeah, yeah, must have been so big back then. Werewolf trials really like they spread all over Europe to France, Germany, and Switzerland in the 1600s, and you could really see that it came from their fear of wolves. So like when England mostly eradicated wolves and it kind of started went on this big wolf hunt there weren't really any wolf trials in england at that time so they were only really coming from like natural wolves of course because like otherwise how would you call someone a werewolf if there was no wolf um yeah so they were really being depicted in full wolf wolf form they weren't being depicted as like half wolf half man Mm -hmm. and but like in pictures when they were hung they were depicted they when they hung their like organs and entrails those were human organs yeah so they would kill the wolf so it was like a full male a full wolf body but with human insides well no it's like they would kill i think it was kind of like it would turn back into humans like once Mm. they you killed it so again confessions were being obtained through torture or they were related to mental illness or low iq and many didn't know what they were confessing to medical professionals at this time were used for trial the insanity plea was used a lot so they had these, like, medical experts to check for insanity. All possible explanations were, like, insanity, I know, melancholia, or the devil causing an illness. So, again, with, like... It's like, I, I, what, how did they test for insanity No, they then? didn't. Yeah. So, in 1553, medical lycanthropy became a thing. It started appearing in medical textbooks. There was this common theme of, like, patients walking down the street carrying a severed leg, just like a sack of potatoes. I don't know. And what? there was this... I know. It was it was like a common thing that be like oh I saw a guy he was just walking down the street with a leg it's like okay um, where was this and when was this uh, 1553 I think okay. I don't know this is somewhere in Europe so associations with grave robbing and werewolves became a big thing too illnesses at this time so there were some physical marks or like ulcers on legs being in a graveyard the time of the year I don't know what time of the year I'm assuming like Halloween or fall somewhere spooky and not everyone was killed that was like it kind of depended on where you were there was like a case in France where a man confessed and then he was sent to an asylum and received religious education and he was released after two years so like some people were getting burned to the stake and really harsh punishment and some people were like you know 
they were released after two years. So did you find where the more harsher punishment seemed to happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually next I'm going to go into different, different trials and different okay. parts. Yeah. Okay. So this all kind of started with the Valet uh, Witch Trial in 1428 in Switzerland. So this was actually the first event leading to persecution of werewolves. So there had been occasional witch burning that started in the 1400s, but this was like the big daddy. So it came from persecutions of Protestants, the Inquisition. Valet was already like fractured with rebellion. So there was a lot of unease and unrest. It started in the French half. So these this was like a valley. So there was like divided into French and German hearts, parts. So it started in the French half and it spread to the German half. And then eventually a formal trial was declared. So... They were super nice about it, and they saved the trial for people who had been accused by five to ten people, or those were accused by three people that had been tried and killed for sorcery. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah. How do they make these benchmarks is how I, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So they accused victims of murder, heresy, sorcery, devilry. There was a lot of connections with like either a black bear or a ram. That was like, don't go to church. So again, it's like just this really fear of people like not conforming to the Christian religion. Mm. And it's a lot of like, you have to denounce Christianity or you can't go to church. Wait, wait, wait. What? You have to denounce Christianity? Denounce. Why would you have to denounce Christianity to go to church? No, you have to denounce Christianity or stop going to church. No, you. I'm like saying they, they wanted them to denounce Christianity and stop going to church. Oh, like the people who were convicted? Yeah, like, there was this common theme of, like, a black bear coming to them and being like, I'm going to let you be a wolf and have all these powers if you don't have Christianity. Yeah. And stop going to church. Okay, got it. And stop going to church. Many were confessed under torture, and they confessed to causing blindness, madness, miscarriage, impotence, infertility, and then also killing and eating children. And, like, the impotence thing, I can't even. Like, it's just, like, one of those things where bands like, oh. My penis. She did it. She's a witch. Like, it's so stupid. Well, also, uh, yeah. Yeah. You can't get it up. Like, it's your, uh, just. I can't create an heir, so it must be that man's fault over there. Yeah. yeah. Or that woman's fault. Um, That was, like, mm-hmm. a big thing, too. It's like, oh, women, like, I, I can't get up, so she put a spell on me. Yeah. Nah. Um, <laughs> so witches were accused of flying on chairs and drinking wine in cellars, which actually sounds really fun. Right, flying on a chair sounds so comfy. I know. It really does. So werewolves were accused of killing livestock and also knowing how to be invisible. And I was like, if you knew how to be invisible, why wouldn't you just, like, turn invisible? Why would you, like, and then eat them and and then run away? Like, if you Mm -hmm. knew how to be invisible, I would be invisible all the time. I think that eating livestock is really important because that's what real wolves did do. Yes, exactly. Like, it wasn't Mm -hmm. people. It was actually just wolves, and they didn't really know what to do with it. So... This spanned, this witch trial spanned several years and claimed hundreds of victims. These witch hunters were bragging that over 200 people were being burned in two years. And so it's a ton of people. Two-thirds of them were men and one-third of them were women. So werewolvery was really being attributed to men. At this point, hold on, wetting my whistle. (laughs) Okay, so in Eastern Europe, Werewolf trials started in Livonia and the Baltic Sea. And they kind of started with indig- indigenous peasants, so pagan worship. They defied the Christian church and nobility. They didn't really believe in Satan or witches, but they did believe in werewolves. Um, it was bad magic, but it was not connected to Satan. So that 
kind of came when like Christian authorities came in. So when people were accused of hurting humans, properties or animals as werewolves, the authorities took it as witchcraft and used torture to get confessions. So it came from like the outside authorities who weren't these like indigenous peasants and maybe were Christians. So, you know, they confessed to being given their werewolf skin by others by eating berries. And they also turned into bears. I I wrote in my notes like, is there some association with bears and berries? I don't know. <laughs> so in the Netherlands, the werewolf was kind of synonymous with witchcraft. There was a lot of trials, uh, 1591 to 1595. So a 13-year-old boy claimed he and his family had turned into wolves and cats at the best of the devil. The father and daughter confessed in her torture that they dressed as wolves and that they were werewolves because of Satan. The father and daughter, the daughter was like 17, and then two other people were executed. But all all the sons, this 13-year-old boy and like his brothers, they were all like between 13 and like 9, I think. They were spared, quote-unquote. Yeah, probably spared. because some like lord wanted their land and yeah. killed him. Yeah. Yeah, well, they were all whipped. But it was also like, really? You're going to whip a kid? Like, he doesn't know what he's saying. In the Spanish Netherlands, three men were executed specifically for being werewolves. Including Peter Stump, who is like a really famous werewolf. He's also known as Peter Stube. In the Spanish Netherlands, like a man, I'm going to talk about Peter Stump in a little bit. Um, a man was accused of biting two kids as a wolf, but he got off. And two men were accused of being werewolves. Their wives were also accused of witchcraft, and everyone got off. So I think the Spanish Netherlands were a, bit, were a big place that I saw that was kind of letting a little more lenient. But then other places, it wasn't really. So I think that was, I, I was actually kind of surprised that like multiple people got off here. And I think there's some places that like, they really looked at the evidence mm-hmm. and how we talked about in like 1400s before the hammer of witches, like there wasn't evidence and they were like, oh, well, all these people hated you. No wonder they're going to say you're a witch. Like, yeah. Yeah. But that of course was never taken into account ever again anywhere else. Right. So now some like famous werewolves and some other trials. So there's Hans the werewolf, 1651 in Estonia. He was an 18-year-old werewolf. Oh, my gosh. My great mommy was from Estonia. I'm Estonian. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Maybe, yeah. maybe you're related to Hans. Hopefully. Um, he hunted for two years. So he said his body and soul were in the hunt. So they asked him, like, are you more man or beast? And he said he felt like a beast. And he had, like, dog bites on his leg, which apparently I apparently made him a wolf. I don't know. And that was proof of magic. They also said that, like, a man in black had given him a disguise. So it was an association with, like, Satan, the werewolf, and a witch. And he was sentenced to death because he had witchcraft performed on him. Peter Stoop, Peter Stump, it's said both ways. So he's, like, the most famous one, I think, ever. I saw him in every different article I read. He was in 1589 in Cologne, and he was also called the Werewolf of Bedburg. Some sources say that he was called some because they only had one hand, which is super mean. The wolf, I guess, like also had the same paw cut, so it was like proof. But also, it's like if you had someone in mind and you just cut off the right hand, if they were already missing it, like you cut off the right paw of the wolf. Right. When this person, you'd be like, oh, yep. It's weird. They both have the same appendage cut off. <laughs> so, so he was like not a great guy. He like I don't I don't again. I mean he could have been a serial killer. He was accused of murder. He was also accused of incest with his daughters, keeping keeping women as quote unquote wives, but kind of keeping them against their will. I think cannibalism and lycanthropy. He apparently had a magic belt. He confessed after being stretched on a rack to eating 14 kids, two pregnant women, his his own child, and then a bunch of animals. 
anyone would confess to anything on the rack. I know. Yeah. And he was executed on Halloween. And this is so, makes me so mad. So, so, so mad. His daughter was also killed because it said they had an incestuous relationship. And his mistress was killed. And it was like, okay, because if this guy was such a bad guy, they would have been victims. Right? Instead of... uh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The way that incest was handled in those days, because even in La Voisin, Mary Boss, who was the one who accused La Voisin, she was also convicted on incest because, I mean, she could have been very poor, but there was only found to be one bed in the home. Oh, so yeah. So it just being like, she's so poor. There's only one bed in the home for her and her children. They actually all have an incestuous relationship. Ugh, God, and so her that. and all her children were burnt Ugh. or hung. Yeah. Oh, my God. So incest was looked at as like just, yeah. It but was also looked at didn't as- like every noble, wasn't like every noble like married to their second cousin? <laughs> semantics, Emily. Semantics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like I'm rewatching Riverdale. And I just got the part where, like, Betty's sister, her cousin, or, like, her boyfriend, her baby's baby daddy is, like, her cousin. Right, oh, right. God. Yeah. Good TV. That's that's good stuff right there. So, so I was up till 3 a.m. last night. I was watching Riverdale. I'm also a 31-year-old woman. <laughs> <laughs> if I fail out of my anatomy class this semester, I'm blaming you, Riverdale. Um, right. Emily Emily doesn't want to let go of her youth. We None of us do. I don't. I'll be 50 and also be watching CW shows. Okay. So this guy, Peter Stew, was super, super, super overkilled. They put him on the wheel. And this is... Uh, get ready. So they put him on the wheel. Then he had his flesh pulled off with hot tongs. Then uh, his arms and legs were broken with like a doll, something doll, so it would take longer. Then he was beheaded. Then his body was burned. And he wasn't ever condemned of witch- a witchcraft, just lycanthropy. And he's also thought by, like, modern scholars to be mentally ill. And he's labeled as a witch by kind of, like, historical telephone. You know, they made—this is, like, one of the big pamphlets they did. It was sensationalized. It was 16 pages long. And it's so stupid. And this is gross, but it also reminded me of Game of Thrones. And I'm glad you've gotten to this part because I really need to bring it up. When they mm-hmm. killed him, they put a wolf's body with Peter's head on it. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Game of Thrones. But, like, mm-hmm. also, it's 2020. What have you been doing? No offense, Caribbean. You've been having <laughs> And you're caught up now, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. But they put a wolf's be- body with his head on it, like a warning. So I just thought of, like, Game of Thrones. And I was like, I almost wondered if that's where he got that from. Because that, that was, like... Of all the images, that was the grossest imagery to me out of, like, the entire series. Well, it's very dehumanizing, that's for yep. sure. Yeah. So, Brigitte Lassus in 1550 Sweden, she was actually... So, I'm going to... This is a couple of, like, personal... Not personal, but individual stories. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are werewolves. Some of them are, like... Some of them are witches, but I just wanted to include them. So, she was actually... She was the first woman executed for sorcery in Sweden. And she was accused of trying to resurrect the dead. She did this with the help of two men. Like, she'd entered the graveyard with two men. She was decapitated. And did the men receive an equal punishment as her? No. <laughs> Guess what happened to them? They were fined. Fined money. They what, like, five pence? Yeah. Well, I know it's not what they so. use in Sweden, but also, it's so weird. You know I'm Swedish, too? <laughs> Oh, my God. My, my grandpa is, like, mostly Swedish. <laughs> okay, so you're a werewolf. Yeah, between Estonian and Finnish and Swedish and Karelian. Yep, definitely. I'm vampiric and werewolfish. That's cool. I'm Scotch-Irish, so I'm, like, 
Witch. I don't know. Fully witch. I'm, I'm a witch. I'm a full witch. I am a full witch. So Giles or Giles Garnier was called the werewolf of Dole. So I really like how they called all these werewolves like the were- like the werewolf of London. But like, right? They sound really cool. So he was a he was like a French hermit and serial killer. And God, I spelled everything so wrong. Was uh, he was he a serial killer, or did they just suspect him to be a serial killer? I mean, I don't know because all these people were confessing. Like, who knows? Who actually knows what in the mm-hmm. fuck was happening back then? All these people were, were confessing after being like freaking stretched. Who know? I don't know. Who knows? But I mean, he was accused of like he could have been a serial killer because actually some of the people like there was a lot of mental illness happening that of course was not being dealt with correctly i mean mental illness is like yeah. just now being kind of a thing people talk about mm-hmm. so i don't know there's like the story so he was a, he was like a hermit there's a story that he was like lived by himself in the woods and then he got married and he couldn't afford to feed his wife sounds like the old man in the shoe like i don't know <laughs> yeah so they couldn't afford to feed his wife so they eat kids or just like i don't I don't know. Why would you do that? Um, so I guess there was like a people saw a wolf herding a kid and then it was like by his house. So they kind of like associated with him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he was also a hermit too. So he was Which really like not conforming to societal norms. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, he probably just like wanted to be a rest away from these like judgmental assholes with his wife and live in peace. Who knows? Right. He confessed to killing four kids. He said that, like, a ghost had given him an ointment that let him turn into a wolf, and he was burned at the stake. So it's, like, people are confessing because they wanted to not be killed, and then it's, like, as soon as you confessed, you got killed. So you really... Or maybe they were confessing because they wanted the torture to be over, and they just wanted to die. You know? That's, mm-hmm. like... The Wolf of Anspa. In 1685, the part of the Holy Roman Empire that is now an area of Germany... So a wolf was eating everyone and the townspeople were convinced that it was like their dead mayor who they all hated, who'd come back as a wolf. Oh, is this when they like would go into their graves? Uh, no, I don't know um, if they did that, but they, they hunted down the wolf and they killed him and they dressed the wolf in human clothing. And then the wolf like was in a museum. I don't know. I also read that like a lot of times that they suspected someone of where being a werewolf or being a vampire, they would go into their graves. Was that where like the idea of vampires getting like buried in graves and then coming out of that came from? I'm not sure, but I know I have read stories about just especially, I think, vampires in general, just trying to see if, like, somebody was rising from the dead. Hmm. That would be you interesting know, they would to look go, into. They would go to see if there's any signs of it, like a mark or undisturbed earth or, yeah. Yeah. Or it's like a big thing. Earth. Yeah. It's like a mark. It's like, oh, you have a werewolf bite. It's like, yeah, dude, my freaking dog bit me yesterday. Like, I'm not. <laughs> like, yeah. My cat scratched me. I'm not a cat. He's just an asshole. Okay, so these two people I'm going to talk about next were not werewolves, but I came across them when I was looking at Wikipedia, the list of people that have been executed for witchcraft. And I was like, it's so stupid, but I think it's really prevalent to like what we talk about a lot. So these are two women in Brazil, like separate stories, but they're both from Brazil. So Mima Renard, she moved from France to Brazil with her husband. She was really beautiful, and a lot of men were in love with her. And one guy who was in love with her killed her husband. Because he was, like, jealous. So she had to resort to sex work to support herself. She was accused by witch of witchcraft by the wives of two men after, like, two of the guys, I think maybe, like, two of her clients got in a fight. And then one killed another. So the women were really jealous. And the wives were like, what the fuck? So they accused of her bewitching men and she was burned at the stake. Which is just, like, just classic slut-shaming. And also, like, it's not her fault. 
that she no. had to resort to sex work. Yeah. Because some guys decided to freaking kill her husband. Yeah. Yeah. I saw this thing yesterday. I was looking at like the hashtag. I think it was like sex positivity on mm-hmm. Instagram. And I saw this thing. It was like slut shaming is gross. And it's always just, like it's always, always gross. And I saw some guy. But they're like, I won't slut shame you. I just won't date you. And I really wanted to comment. And I was on our Instagram. And I like almost didn't be like, dude, what makes you think that anyone won't want to date you? Makes you, Wait, yeah. you said that on ours? No, I didn't. He said it was, he commented on someone else's. I was looking at it on ours. Got it. Yeah, but I really wanted to comment. But like, dude, what, what makes you think that like, you sound like a chauvinistic asshole. Like what makes you think that you can just like have the option? And, and, and little does he know that a lot of sex positive women are so comfortable with themselves that they can get kinkier. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so no. he's losing out. He's losing you are out. losing out, dude. Well, he's I think he's very like I don't know. That guy sounds stupid. Anyway, um Ursalina de Jesus, and I'm just rolling my eyes here because both of these women, like it's I mean, all anyone who was accused of witchcraft is extremely angry to talk about it, but these especially. Her husband was having an affair and he and his mistress accused her in court of using witchcraft to make him infertile. Which I'm like, dude, conflict of interest much? I know. And and so she was burned at the stake. I'm making a frog face because it's <laughs> like I'm so upset. Like I don't know how else to describe that. You are face making a frog face. face. I was like, what is a frog? Because it's just face? like it's just so like oh. stop doing that. A lot of like explanation in medical terms, like now when people look back at this, there's like varying explanations. Some have explained it as porphyria, which they also explained like vampirism as porphyria. So it's a disease that affects skin or nervous system and it can cause abdominal pain, chest pain, vomit, confusion, constipation, fever, high blood pressure and high heart rate. And like other symptoms of that are photosensitivity, red teeth and psychosis, psychosis. Mm. Or people, like, have hypothesized that it was hypertrichosis, which is excessive hair growth. Yeah, yeah. So, but both were demissed by, like, a guy named Woodward. I don't know his last name. It's not, his full name's not Woodward. Sounds like Squidward. (laughs) Squidward. (laughs) Um, But so he was, like, hypertrichosis is very rare and, like, too rare for this to have been happening in multiple places. Mm. And the wolves were actually mostly seen as wolves, not people. So people weren't seeing like people, like what we see werewolves now, where it's like people with like a wolf head and like a furry body. They were seeing like real wolves. Others have suggested that it was either Down syndrome or rabies, which I think like honestly rabies would make the most sense. But again, that was dismissed because again, it was mostly wolves scene and the belief of like the wolf biting someone was not part of the culture so honestly what i think it boils down to is witch hysteria coupled with coupled with these like natural disasters and like the stuff that people couldn't control and needing a way to explain it yeah 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 no that's that's yeah so and that's what i have real quick i'm at my sources um i use wikipedia several articles on there all that's interesting.com um a mental floss article and then two really really interesting articles i read um so wolves witches and werewolves lycanthropy and witchcraft from 1423 to 1700 by jane p davidson and then battling demons with medical authority werewolves physicians and rationalization by nadine metzger whoa that's so interesting because like i don't think i think just like for example for me i dismiss werewolves a lot as kind of like, I mean, I know that, that they have 
existed in the public mind for a long time, but you always forget that they do. I know. And it's also like, it's also like the legend of how Rome was formed was by the two emperors who like suckled on a female wolf. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like I always remember that. So it's always like, I feel like wolves have been in our conscious for a really long time and like wolves are just really scary. And you're right. Like a pack of wolves and wolves in general have been known to pick off humans. Mm-hmm. You know, and I i mean, most people are really terrified of wolves. I always kind of forget that like werewolves exist because I, I, I feel like I gravitate more towards like vampire stuff because I feel like a lot of the werewolf stuff is really kitschy. And right. Even how they were portrayed in, like the were panthers in True Blood. Oh, yeah. I was actually reading. I don't know if this is in reference to my research or if I was just like reading a bunch of BuzzFeed stuff. But it was like, yeah, I think the were panthers in, in True Blood were like, really? And they were like crystal dealing hicks, yeah. But the the werewolf, but there was also werewolves that were different, right? Mm, and they were what's his name? That really hot guy. It's uh, what's Joe, it? it's Joe. Joe Mandelgal. That guy's yeah. hot. He's Sophia Vergara's husband, right? They deserve each other. They They're both are. like the hottest people in the world. They are really, really hot. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you did a really good job. That was really interesting and gave me like a lot more things that I want to think about and research. Good. I'm glad. I really like that I kept that a secret from you. I Last night we were talking about something and I wanted so bad to tell you and I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I like came up with it. I was like, oh my God, I have to sell it. And I, was just I, like, would, have, I would have never guessed. I, I would know. have never guessed. Yeah. No. That's why. Yay. Good. I'm oh glad you like this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, happy Harlot. I have to think of one while I eat my popcorn. You go. I have to. Th- okay. Um. I don't. I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm, my happy harlot is. You go. Popcorn. You go. Oh, your happy okay. harlot. Okay. Yeah. You go. I love popcorn. Well. Okay. I'm gonna steal this because my happy harlot is that we had a really awesome, fun conversation last night, and I'm so uh, tired. <laughs> a lot of the time we, like, especially since we started this, you know, we we like talk about business stuff and we always like we're like we we just need to make last night about like having wine and popcorn and just like having a girls night and we talked for three hours podcast talk no well yeah i mean it came up like twice but we really were like veered away from it and it was really fun everyone was asleep you were kidless and husbandless and matt was i don't know not sleeping probably but he was (laughs) trying to sleep and i just i really enjoyed it because i also really like Quarantine obviously sucks, but you and I have gotten so much closer during quarantine. I almost feel like we're closer right? now than we were when we lived in the same state. Right? Yeah. But that was my happy harlot. It was really fun. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. I've also been stuck inside my house forever, so. <laughs> right? Ugh. I think I think my happy harlot, of course, it was what happened the other day. But I went to... Did I say this for my last happy harlot? I can't remember. You're going to have to cut that part out. Field? Yeah, did I say it for my last happy harlot? Okay, then I'm going to say the hike. Okay. My happy harlot is I went for, um, like, it was like a straight up mountain hike for almost 10 miles. And it was my first kid-free hike, like, ever. And I was able, I, I called it mountain goating. I was very much embodying a mountain goat. And it was so fun. And I got to do it with my sister, who lives all the way in Michigan. And we got to see, like, eight mountain lakes and like so many different mountains and it was so beautiful and we did have a lot of elevation gain and we had to do a couple scrambles and it was like just so fun and so beautiful that sounds so nice what's it like to breathe air that is breathable and not (laughs) 
I got, I got like an, I got like an oxygen high. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> I'm not, I might have to like invest in an oxygen machine. But yeah, that was, oh, that was such a good episode. Em. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, thank you. Well, thanks for tuning in. And that was our last episode of Spooky Arlets. And I'm, I'm not going to, I have to have to come up with something. Oh, we still have one more recording. So I have one more time to do it. We have to come up with something new to say every time we do it. Like, Harlots of history. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to work on our transatlantic uh, accents. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. I've never been good at accents because my accents always turn into like seven different things. (laughs) That was like when I watched Underworld, there was this like evil vampire that came back from the dead. And I like, he was like. I don't know. He was talking, and I like looked at Matt. That, and was is like, that the Angelina Jolie movie? No, it's Kate Beckinsale. <gasps> That's right. It's on okay. Netflix. You should go watch it. I'm, gonna I'm, make, I'm, I'm gonna going make to make right that. after this. Watch I'm going to go watch it right after this. Okay. This is uh, Karami and Emily reminding you all that we are taking back the word harlot one episode at a time. <gasps> you said my line. <laughs> I say one episode at a time. Okay, this is Caribbean Emily reminding you that we are taking back the word harlot. One episode at a time. Be a harlot. Not a hater. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Our music is by Lloyd Rogers, and our cover art and our editing is by us. If you enjoyed listening, we would be tickled if you left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can always email us at harlotsofhistorypodcast at gmail.com, and we will do our best to get back to you with something witty, snarky, or boring. We are also on Instagram and Twitter as Harlots of History. We love you all, even the haters. Bye!